Inside ADHD is ADHD Family's official podcast that provides parents with current research about ADHD and strategies for helping their children. ADHDfamilies.ca is a resource website for parents of children who have ADHD. All of the resources have been evaluated by experts in the field of ADHD, so parents can feel confident that they are receiving trustworthy information. For more information, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. and welcome to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. My name is Krista Forand and I'm a registered psychologist at the Canlearn Society in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm excited because over the next four weeks we're going to be releasing um, podcasts that will actually be recordings of some blogs that were written by um, another ADHD families team member, um, she's a volunteer with us here at CanLearn, and her name is Amanda Marchak, and she is a medical student at the University of Calgary, and she's been able to um, spend some time working with us and writing some blogs on some topics that families have told us are um, important to them and they want to learn more about. So you can read these blogs at ADHDfamilies.ca or you can listen to the recording of them. And we will be releasing them over the next few weeks. The first one um, in this, in today's episode, is called "You, Your ADHD and Marijuana." You, your ADHD and marijuana. Everyone knows that the brain is complicated. Yet, even with all of the scientific and medical advances that have been made, we still don't know everything there is to know about the brain. What we do know is that it's responsible for nearly everything we do. The brain is always on, processing a constant stream of information. Then, based on this information, it tells the body how to react. However, something so complex doesn't just develop and start operating perfectly overnight. Like the rest of the body, the brain has to undergo puberty to develop and reach its adult state. This starts in adolescence, but doesn't stop until the mid-twenties. Yes, this means that you can vote, buy a car, get a loan, and are even considered an adult in the eyes of society before your brain has fully matured. So what is puberty for the human brain? Scientifically, puberty for the brain is a time when it undergoes growth and refinement, also known as neuromaturation. In other words, the brain is remodeling itself to ensure more efficient communication takes place between its different regions. This is done through an increase in white matter and a decrease in gray matter. However, as any teenager can attest to, it's also a time of increased vulnerability, especially if something unexpected or foreign is added to the mix, 
and you have no idea how to handle it. The active ingredient in marijuana is tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, and it is a foreign substance in both the body and brain. In animals, studies have shown that the adolescent brain is particularly vulnerable to the effects of THC and that exposure can result in permanent structural changes with persistent cognitive and behavioral changes. In humans, current research has shown similar trends. Structurally, imaging studies of the brains of marijuana users have shown disordered white matter and a greater degree of disorder was found with a greater use of high-potency, high-THC-level marijuana. However, because of how the studies were designed, it is not possible to prove whether the white matter changes in the brain occurred because of marijuana use, or if the white matter changes in the brain are what led people to use marijuana. Now, while the extent to which marijuana affects the structure of the brain has not been 100% proven, marijuana use does affect behavior and cognition. Among adolescents, issues with memory, learning, problem solving, attention, and impulsivity were observed. Further, these issues didn't just disappear after the adolescents stopped using marijuana. Some actually remained after weeks of abstinence. And it's not just adolescents experiencing behavior and cognition deficits. In adults, numerous studies have reported impairment in inhibition, decision-making, and executive control. One thing to note is that these issues are similar to the symptoms experienced by people with ADHD. So does this mean that there is a relation between ADHD and marijuana use? Multiple studies have shown that compared to the general population, ADHD youth begin using substances earlier and are at greater risk of developing a substance use disorder, or SUD. And it's not just use. In general, people with ADHD are approximately two times as likely to develop an SUD. Plus, if they do develop SUD, they become addicted at a much younger age, use more substances, and are hospitalized more often than people without ADHD. But why? One hypothesis is that risky substance use may be due to the difficulties people with ADHD have around regulating their consumption, also known as impulsivity issues. However, research has suggested that this may also be due to how the brain is structured. Dopamine imbalance in the brain has been shown to play a role in both ADHD and substance use disorder. Additionally, this might be why there is also an overrepresentation of ADHD among people with substance use disorder, with approximately 1 in 4 people with a substance use disorder meeting criteria for ADHD. So if this is the case, and people with ADHD are more likely to develop substance use disorder, why are they using marijuana? An analysis of a forum about marijuana use and ADHD found that despite a lack of clinical recommendations or research suggesting beneficial effects of marijuana for ADHD, most people were using marijuana because they believed that it would help with their ADHD symptoms or help them better manage side effects. 
In other words, subjectively, they felt less anxious, more in control, and overall better when they used marijuana. Additionally, it was found that the course, rather than the severity of ADHD symptoms, impacted future substance use. In other words, adolescents with worsening ADHD symptoms predicted higher levels of early adult substance use. In contrast, adolescents with improving or even stable ADHD symptoms predicted lower levels of early adult substance use. And in other research, it has been found that treating ADHD actually decreases substance use among people with ADHD. But what happens when people with ADHD use marijuana? Initially, the hypothesis was that people who use marijuana and have ADHD would experience a worsening of their ADHD symptoms, because marijuana has been shown to mimic symptoms of ADHD in non-ADHD people. One study examined the impact of ADHD and marijuana use on executive functioning in young adults. This study found that the ADHD group performed worse than the control subjects in areas of verbal memory, processing speed, cognitive interference, decision-making, working memory, and response inhibition. However, this is typical of people with ADHD when compared to the general population. The key finding of the study was that when marijuana was added, there was no significant impact on executive functioning among marijuana users with ADHD. In other words, people with ADHD who used marijuana did not improve, but they also did not get worse. In general, when people with ADHD have reported an improvement when using marijuana, this is because of the anti-anxiety effects of the drug. Objectively, marijuana does not improve ADHD symptoms. However, subjectively, people report an improvement because they experience less stress about having ADHD as their overall anxiety decreases. So this raises the alternative hypothesis. If people with ADHD subjectively feel better, they might be using marijuana as a form of self-medication. This hypothesis is supported by some ADHD teens who say that marijuana helps them cope, as well as one small study discussed below. Now, the study did have some faults, and the results were not statistically significant, so the results need to be interpreted with caution, and further research into this topic is still needed. However, the study does provide some early evidence supporting the self-medication theory of marijuana use in ADHD. As the study noted, there were minor improvements in ADHD symptoms among the people using the cannabinoid spray as opposed to a placebo. Additionally, while the study did not report any negative cognitive effects, the authors proposed two explanations for their findings that are worth mentioning. The first is that the duration of the study was too short and the study group small. This means marijuana use could still have been harmful and worsened ADHD symptoms, but it was just too early or the duration of marijuana was too short to be able to tell. The second is that the spray used in the study had a one-to-one -one of cannabinoidal CBD to THC. This one-to-one -one ratio is not typical of what is being bought on the streets. Commonly purchased marijuana has been found to have much higher levels of THC, and these levels are not balanced with CBD. This is important because previous studies have suggested that THC is responsible 
for the cognitive issues caused by marijuana use, while CBD is likely to protect against these impairments. Now, the decision to use marijuana is a personal decision. Hopefully, this blog will help you make an informed decision about whether marijuana use is right for you. So if moving forward you choose to use marijuana, here are 10 recommendations based on medical research for lower risk marijuana use. Number one, the most effective way to avoid marijuana use related health issues is to abstain from use. Number two, avoid using marijuana at a young age. Number three, choose low potency THC or a balanced THC to CBD marijuana products. Number four, abstain from using synthetic cannabinoids, which have been found to have 80 to 90% more THC. Number five, avoid smoking marijuana and give preference to non-smoking methods. Number six, avoid deep or other risky inhalation practices. Number seven, avoid high frequency, so for example, daily or near daily marijuana use. Number eight, abstain from marijuana-impaired driving. Number nine, populations at higher risk for marijuana-related health problems, such as pregnant women, adolescents, and children, should avoid use altogether. Number ten, avoid combining previously mentioned risky behaviors, such as early inhalation and high-frequency use. And number eleven, speak to your doctor about any health concerns you may have related to your marijuana use. That concludes our audio blog of You, Your ADHD, and Marijuana. If you'd like to read a copy of this, you can visit the ADHDfamilies.ca website. I'm Krista Foran, and I'll be excited to see you next week when we uh, do another blog on uh, Inside ADHD. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. For more information about ADHD and how to help your child, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have benefited from the Inside ADHD podcast, please help spread the word to others by posting a review in iTunes. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca.